0: He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess. He, he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going deadly silent. Cinderella story. Out of nowhere. now. About to become the Masters champion. <clears throat> it looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole!
1: Hello and welcome to week 34 of a Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast. Uh, I'm Bobby Donnelly. I'm joined by James Richardson. Hey James. Hey Bobby. Uh, I'm joined by Barry and Hey Barry. Hey guys. Uh, we don't have Alan this week. Um, we got some feedback around the show and just in terms of the Skype link hasn't been working too well. So we're very close we hope to get a solution and to get Alan back on on a regular basis with a higher quality of, of sound with having him in. So hopefully we'll have him back next week and, and give us an update. Um, this week, we actually got con- contacted by one of our followers, uh, Morgan Mullarney, who said he 'd like to hear us discuss pace of play, particularly focusing around well how long does a three ball competition um take on a on a Saturday in an average competition so that 's going to be our main topic that we discuss uh, this week um, we 'll also look back over some of the golf over the last weekend and then we 'll have a look ahead to the start of the fedex cup and The, I suppose the European tour events is the, it's the run into the European Ryder Cup selection as well. It's a big time of year. Yeah, there's only two, two events left. So, um, yeah, so kind of good bits and pieces to talk about. So we'll start off where we always do with our rules related question. And the question this week is, which a lot of people have done and may or may not know whether this is a penalty or not. So in stroke play, a looks into B's bag to determine which club B used for his last stroke. What is the ruling? Question mark. A, two stroke penalty. B, A is disqualified. Or C, no penalty. Now Barry, you're leading 1915. And so, um, over to you to go first. Alan's giving me his answer
0: uh, offline. At the risk of eating my hat, Actually, this is one of the rare questions I knew the answer to before the options came out. So I'm I'm, I'm going to go with C. No penalty. You're yeah. allowed. Look
1: okay. And I suppose to avoid suspension, what I'll actually do is I'll actually just tell you that Alan also said C as well. Mm-hmm. And he's his exact comment was, "I'll go C," but the fact that you're asking a question about it makes me doubt. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Actually, yeah. So, but anyway, just to tell you, you are actually both. Correct. Um, and I'll say I won't save it till the end. The official ruling from the RNA says information obtained by observation is not advice. And for anyone that wants to look into it any more detail, it's decision 8-110 in the Rules Explorer. I nice. think you can, uh, you can look, but do not touch. That's right. Yeah, I was actually trying to see, for example, what the story is, is if you do touch, but...
0: Didn't you do that to to Halps one time? You were just rooting around his bag going, oh, they're beautiful clubs, you know, pretending to look at his clubs but right. actually trying to figure out what club he was yeah, getting. Yeah, we have a
1: running joke, yeah, that if we're on the tee and he's, you know, actually it did it the weekend, so um, we just joke. and to, to know, We actually generally don't touch them. Or you might just kind of say, oh, jeez, those are lovely irons. When did you buy them? Really nice. Or actually the great one, I go, Jesus, Halps, your irons are really clean. Just, did you clean them over the weekend? And I'm going, for... Five, six, eight, nine. Okay, he's it a seven. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, you're both correct. So that means Barry, 2016, and what well, we're in well, nearly the end of August. So When's the cut-off date? Uh, well, the end of the year. Okay. End, end of the year. When we'll... Alan wins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's an
0: A. That's a much more likely prop scenario.
1: <laughs> okay, last week we discussed um, that Barry and James had the first round of their captain's prize. And for those of you listening last week... Uh, James, unfortunately, wasn't in contention, but Barry was right in contention, and was going out in the final 30. And Barry, you were, you shot a net 74, which is three over your handicap in the first round. And I think we all agreed that a net 140 target would, would put you in the winner's circle.
0: Yes. And how did you get on? Uh, well, I was, Bang on with my uh, my target, uh, and it would have put me well in the winner's circle oh, by three won. shots. one 4,
1: three. One, four three won it, yeah. And it has to be said that on Saturday in
0: Dublin, it was actually very, very windy, so it needs to be mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, it was very windy, and uh, it was a... Very difficult set of pin positions, um, including a couple that I, I would say were probably borderline immoral. And they were kind of pins on the edge of precipices. And, um, but they always do that, though, in, uh, they in do, they, they do, but with the wind blowing the ball over the edge of that precipice, I had a couple of occasions where my ball stopped within a foot of the hole, and one, it, one occasion it finished 15 foot away from the hole. Yeah. Another occasion it finished 3.5 foot away, and then I hit the putt, slowest horseshoe ever and roll back down the same line and hit the put on and finish four and a half foot away. So um, that was part of my double bogey, double bogey, bogey, double bogey, triple bogey start. Okay. So I was kind of out of contention by the time I hit the 6T. So by the 6T, you had probably reached that 140 target. Well, I was at the... Cl- yeah. I, <laughs> very close, actually, yeah. And I was also at the closest point of the golf course after the first, you know, after the first and second hole that I could have just walked in. And the thought crossed my mind. It was tempting, I was, it was- distraught. Sounds yeah. like, seems like bad
1: course management to me James yeah
2: well I,
1: Barry had a worse round than I had in the first
2: round uh, wow. and, uh, you sure the first you, and we team. gave you a lot of stick for that as well 81 I think
0: oh, god, and yeah.
2: uh, I just noticed how uh, we're letting Barry off very lightly with all this so I think you I had an, an of easy lot. last week so uh, yeah I hit a 76 this week uh, so, did you, so a, you didn't finish ahead of him did you I did, I did. You finished ahead of him I did
1: oh my <laughs> god
2: we didn't even discuss minutes in advance no, no. Yeah. oh um, my word and uh, those pin placements that Barry's complaining about, I was under the pin on each of them and yeah. uh, dealt with them in the professional manner that you
1: were meant to. And your good score followed in the end? And my good score followed. Yeah, very yeah, good. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, anyway, onwards and upwards the two, you get a chance to give me a bit of stick. We have ours at the end of the month anyway. so yeah, you, you next, can get your ne- own back on ne- Next
0: game, next game. That's yeah, yeah, yeah you, exactly. you quick to forget about it. Myself and Stu have a foursomes semi final this week, the Cup oh, match wow. play on Thursday. So I'm really looking forward to that. Hopefully, they set the pins up a bit easier for you. So. Uh, I look. Like, I, I I do need that. Maybe I can play off the junior tees or something Maybe. like that. Well, know, no, Steve's like, a very
1: good putter. It's foursomes, isn't it? Just make sure that he has the
2: putts. <laughs> <Yeah, box>. That's <laughs> a really good call. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. So.
0: Well, let's
1: move right. on. Next let's year. move on to talking about some good golf. Um, actually, how was yeah. your golf for the weekend. <laughs> oh, my golf was pretty similar standard to yours. Um, so I thought great. you were teeing yourself no, up there. No, no, <laughs> I was moving on to a huge move. Actually, good in golf for me, but in a top two hundred uh, sense, because I had Camilo Vijegas in my top two hundred team. Yeah, congratulations!
0: Um, so I'm very happy with that. Fair play to Camilo. He seems to only win this time of year around the FedEx Cup. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So he's, uh, been, he's he's had some really good form all season. You know, he's been knocking in those results. Maybe having three good rounds out of four. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if anyone really saw, not even the bookies saw him win this one because he went off at over 100 to 1 this week. Yeah, yeah, he's always, he,
1: well, I think he's, he hasn't really contended all year. I think that's the one thing. He just hasn't, mm. hasn't been contention, but. He yeah, finally came through, so um, I think Alan's going to give us a top 200 update to post up on Twitter this evening, so um, I can't wait to see that, see where we where are. And we also might, we'll post up all the names and see who moved this week and who made a bit of ground and where everyone has gotten that. Yeah, last yeah. we'll
0: try to do a good update because we missed last week.
1: Yeah, yeah, but this event was quite good, Barry, and it was actually quite a good leaderboard with... Um, Hass was up there, Jakobsen did well, Snedeker and Simpson boosted their Ryder Cup hopes. But also, Nick Watney would return to form. I think I might have mentioned him a couple of weeks ago in, it might have been lead up to actually the PGA, that he's returned to form. And
0: Yeah, he had a good result in that modified stableford competition. Yes, that's right. He didn't have a great weekend, but he was up there and all mm. the same.
1: It's good to see him back on form, because he, he obviously he contended in the PGA Championship in Whistling Straits that Keimer won, so it's good to see him back.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you know what? For kind of a, for a dead, not a dead week in golf, but for a quieter week in golf after the major and everything, it was, Sunday was pretty exciting. There was, you know, birdies getting knocked in everywhere. There was lots of players in contention. Um, you know, it was it was pretty exciting stuff. And there was also the, you know, there was the, the side storyline or the, the subplot of guys playing for their careers. You know, they're playing for their card next year, trying to get it, trying to get into the FedEx Cup. Trying to get the tour card for next year. And I think this is where... You're right. I think it's a very good point. It all gets exciting here because we'll
1: come to it later on but the FedEx Cup is starting. But one notable mention um, was Heath Slocum. Oh, poor guy. Um, This is heartbreaking. Yeah, playing the last hole for people who didn't see it. So Heath Slocum was playing the last hole, one off the lead. He needed to birdie the last to get into a playoff. So he's 48 feet away. And then we had a few bad holes before this but 48 feet away needed to birdie it to get into the playoff needed to two put to keep his card and he knew this as well yeah he said he had a good idea over the second putt. yeah that he needed so he missed the 48 foot rolled it past the hole to six feet needed to hold the six footer to keep his card and he said he had a good idea he missed the putt, mm. and he's missed out his card.
2: Oh, that's a neat jangler. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, won't, he won't sleep
1: well
0: that night anyway. <laughs> but, you know, he can He can be... Oh, I suppose he can have a little bit of peace of mind in the fact that he knew he got the putt there. He got the birdie chance you know, to, beyond the hole, so he gave it a chance to get himself into the playoff, which is the important thing now look it's not it's not all doom and gloom he does get to go to the web.com tour finals so he does have a chance to get his tour card back through that mm. you know kind of skips him through to the final stages after the top I think it's the next 75 outside the top 125 get to go to that but that is that's a brutally difficult way to get your card yeah yeah. so um, but we might we might be you know, when, that's, when that's on we'll give an update of you know who, who we know is in it and who, yeah. who gets through from it he's yeah, obviously had a wonderful season this year if he he only, only he's just sneaking in. Mm. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I think that's the thing. People will obviously say, well, it's very hard to miss in the putt, but he hasn't done it. Throughout the he's season. Had a, there's been a lot of missed putts,
0: obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> not not, as the first, that's not the first six butts. <laughs> no, I wouldn't have thought so. To, um, you know, to be fair to him, to put in, to put in a performance like that on a week, he absolutely had to do it. And to, you know, to get so close to doing it, you got, you know, he's got to take confidence from that in his mental mm-hmm. game and his mm-hmm. golf game. So. Um, we never know, he might continue the run, get his card back in the, the web.com tour finals. Yeah, it'd yeah, be, good. be good to see. Um, and we have the inaugural Made in Denmark
1: Championship, and Mark Warren actually continued his fine form. Uh, a couple of notable plays as well. Thomas Bjorn did very well, gave it a good run. Um, Eddie Pepperell, friend of the podcast, who gave us a bit of time back at the Irish Open, he placed, and Thorbjorn Allison, who there was a lot of talk about from a betting point of view going into it, was just mm-hmm. outside the places. So, um, but it was quite, a, it was an excellent tournament, very, very well attended, and it's good to see another really healthy European tournament.
0: Yeah, Warren was uh, was superb. He like I think the highlight was his round on Saturday, at sixty six. When the wind was howling and everybody else just seemed to be getting just destroyed by the course. And that, that set him up so well for a very solid performance on the Sunday to, to take it down. So, um, it'll it been coming for him. And uh, I think if you have, find if you listen back to the podcast lesson, uh, last week, he was my pick. Oh, was he? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't go to the bookies and back him like an idiot. So, uh, that's it. It was a bit of a sting, but, um, outside, outside shot for a Ryder Cup pick. No. If he wins again in the next two weeks? I
1: think it's almost, and actually we'll come back to it, but I think for him it actually might be mathematically impossible to make it. I think. Oh, but what, I'm just talking about it for a captain's pick.
0: Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> not, uh, not to poo-poo not, that not, idea. Not, not no. if, he, if he wins one of the next two events. No? Still no? Ahead of Westwood, Poulter, Donald. Who really haven't shown that much form this year. Uh,
1: Westwood did very well in the last major, didn't he? Oh, well. Luke Donald, Poulter, who's Mr.
0: Ry- Mr. Ryder Cup.
1: Would you pick Mark Warren over a rookie, a
0: rookie as well. Yeah. I, a rookie over yeah, an a, experience. A Scotsman in Scotland playing some of the best golfers of his life.
1: Would you pick him over, Stephen Gallagher, who's a Scotsman? In I would,
0: on form right now, yeah. Really? Yeah.
1: Who is, is higher up on the qualification table? I would, as a pick. Wow, okay. Somebody's been drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> one, one win in the, what was it, made in Denmark championship over all the kind of big competitions? was 15th Glasgow's in the USPJ
0: a couple of weeks ago. Yeah,
1: I I. Yeah, I, I think it's that would be a major, major, I think actually if McGinley picked Warren over Gallagher, do you think he'd come in for criticism first?
0: But well, not from Barry. No, from Barry. I'd, I'd give him a high five. Yeah, I think. I, I, want, I think based on recent form, you want somebody going into that. And forth. it depends on what McGinney's criteria are. So, um, but if it was to me, up to me, and it was a choice between the two of them, I'd pick. Uh, I'd pick Warren. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's very interesting. Okay. Um, um, did I you think, see the sixteenth hole of this event?
1: Yeah, it was very cool. I, I It reminded me a bit of the when they did the Irish Open in on the Montgomery and Carton House. Mm they had the big stand around it but this was even more dramatic, it was very impressive wasn't it? It
0: was like a natural amphitheatre like this big bowl around the green and the, the crowds were all there and they all had these kind of um, duck kazoos, I think it must be a Danish thing, but um, there was a cracking atmosphere and Thomas Bjorn on the final day and his group, when when they finished out playing the whole, they all got together and Bjorn took a selfie of a lot of them with the crowd in the background, right. which I to say it would be a great photo, I haven't managed to find it I don't know whether he posted it or not, but yeah um, yeah, it seems to be the the thing to do in a golf event now these days. When you're hosting a golf event, have one of those amphitheater par threes.
1: Mm. I think it's great, but as well, you get people who can go with their families and sit out and sit in the sun and enjoy it. So it kind of it's a good place for people to congregate. So I think it's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, oh, um, it's a great idea. I think it's brilliant. Um, moving on, uh, I've got a fair bit of action for what felt like a golf light weekend. We actually had the LPGA Championship, which is one of the uh, majors for the PGA Championship and B Park won. I think she was the reigning champion, is that wasn't she? She was, yeah, she, yeah defending yeah, she, champion. She, she reigned yeah. it. Um, but I think, uh, James, Brittany Lindseycomb kind of um, kind of gave up her chances really to win this one. She did, yeah. She threw
2: it away. Uh, I, I watched quite a bit of this, actually, uh, over the course of the, the, the four days. I suppose going back to my usual, I actually quite enjoy watching the women's golf mm-hmm, for taking mm-hmm. it into my own game. Um, I also have to say a shout-out to whoever made the... Um, the the tea box uh, markers, uh, miniature um uh, oh, what do you call them super shopping, shopping trolleys were yeah. just absolutely fantastic. Um yeah. but yeah Brittany Lindsaycombe is going to be I'd say waking up with nightmares for the next while. Uh Bogie the eighteenth had a had a lead. I think I thought,
1: I thought you were gonna say she's gonna wake up in bed beside Heath Slocum worrying about uh, worrying about their their golf games. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but
2: on a more serious note, uh yeah, she she bogeyed the eighteenth, um, to put it into a uh, playoff with in- in- Inby in Inbee Park, is that mm. how you say her first name? Inbee Park. Yep. Um and she ended up going and uh, bogeying the eighteenth again in the first hole on sudden death to give it to, to, to Miss Park. Um it was a good tournament. I I enjoyed the bits that I saw. Um, mm. you know, It's strange where you have to go on the red button. It was kind of moved around a bit between Mm -hmm. being on the normal time and then you had to go red button,
0: and then the following day it was. The US Amateur Amateur Championship was on as well, Mm -hmm. which uh, that was weird. The the guy guy who won that is ranked something like 780th in the amateur rankings, and he won the US Amateur, so that was really impressive. But
2: you know, the the one thing that struck me uh, while watching the, the LPGA is the fact that, well, two things. One, they don't actually have designated majors like the men's have you know it seems to be they have five but this one is going to is now the end of this type of it's not going to be known as the lpga championship it's now changing and it's going to have a new trophy and it's all going to be very different next year i understand it's going to be a different major it's It's going to be a different major yeah seemingly yeah they they don't have what you would call your and the british the british open which became a major for them this year i believe wasn't a major a couple of years ago. It's been added and that's, I think, how they get the five majors. Mm, but we also up the Avian Championship, which is on. Nicole that's Reaves. another major. That was, that, that lost, I think, the major status that we got sent over to the British Open. Oh, it was really? complicated and I didn't fully, fully concentrate so, on. But the second bit I thought was interesting is to get into the LPGA Hall of Fame, you have to win one major at 40 regular tour events before you're out. But once you do it, you're automatically in. Wow. And I think that that is that, is, and there, that's why there is so few LPGA. Yeah, uh, like that is. I just think a brilliant way of of deciding how to get into the um, into into the women's. Uh, Do you know how many are in it? Uh, not a whole lot. I, I heard them talking about. Um, I think it was a Laura Davis is is close but not quite there, and you know that there is. There's quite a few that it's just so tough to get in.
0: I think if Laura Davis isn't in it, it's a bit of a, um, there's a Well, like But that's, the, that's the criteria, whether
2: she is or she isn't, I didn't look it up. Uh, but, uh, is Annika Sorenstam in it?
1: I don't know. Do you uh, have it there, Bob? No? no, I don't. We can come back to it anyway. We yeah. might have a look at it another day. But uh, I
2: just thought those two, that was, I thought, a very interesting thing that I took from that
0: that uh, if you make that criteria, good luck. I think even at the height of my playing Tiger Woods on PlayStation, I didn't have 42 tour event wins. I'm so glad you went that route. With that <laughs> <comment>. um, <laughs> anyway, there, it was a very good tournament. I enjoyed
2: it,
1: I have to say. I, 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 I agree like with your point. I enjoy watching them play because it's a bit more relevant to our game, and I know we keep saying that, but uh, no, it was good. Um, okay, moving on, just to some of the news that we had this week, there's actually fair, fair bits and pieces. In the first bit, actually, James... Um, Tiger Woods, and this has happened. People might feel like this is ages ago. And I feel like this is ages ago, but it, it happened since we talked last week. And Tiger Woods is officially withdrawn from the Ryder Cup, um, so he's not going to get a chance to. He won't. He won't be at the at the event in Glen Eagles.
2: Yeah, I, I think that this
1: was perhaps a very wise move by
2: him, and I think it was probably a godsend for Tom Watson because I don't know if he really wanted to have to make this call. Mm. Uh, that was kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't. If he mm. took him, he's going to be criticised. And if he didn't take him, he'd be criticised. So I thought it was great. Um, the reality is, though, that he was giving an interview uh, yesterday with Jimmy Fallon. Um, him and Rory were there doing a few bits and pieces. I think yeah. a lot of sponsorship work for
1: Nike. I'm seeing a lot of like Nike ads at the moment.
0: Some good videos, uh, actually, the Jimmy Fallon show. If, if, you know, if People get on to Google and check them out. Just yeah, good yeah we might tweet the, uh, the I, one yeah. through the,
2: uh, the chip the chipping through the glass was great mm, I'll uh, definitely oh, yeah I'll send
0: that out on
1: Twitter later it's very good it's actually good to see the difference in a chipping action between a professional which is obviously McElroy and Jimmy Fallon who I don't know what handicap the, he is who was
0: coached by Tiger Woods by the way so it's not really it doesn't say a lot about Tiger's coaching yeah, yeah. well I'm
2: not sure like I'd it, be interested to know how much coaching went I mean, on no, I know I be saying,
0: saying that with a bit, bit tongue in cheek uh, yeah. there
2: but uh, interestingly, he didn't uh, he didn't hit one shot, uh, no. Tiger, you know, obviously the back. Um, but he's he's given the interview and he said that his plan now and he looked back and the big problem he had was he didn't do enough in the gym basically with the back, strengthening the back, getting the muscles ready, getting it for, ready for competition play and that he's not going to hit a golf ball now um, over the next couple of months and he's just going to get back into the gym and he's going to do lots of physio, lots of, you know, lifting for the back muscles, get that nice and strength, and he's going to target coming back in his own tournament at the beginning of December.
1: I would have thought this is the exact thing that got Tiger into this problem is the amount of gym time, and I'm saying that from a very uneducated gym user, but I would imagine that he has spent way too much gym time, and this is is what got him into the problem. So I'm surprised that he's going down that route rather than let's say just something like resting it you know I I think it depends on.
2: like I agree with you I think that Tiger probably overdid it in the gym Mm. Um, I think that to go back in for rehabilitation whether it be either into the swimming pool and doing kind of uh, restriction work or something. Or sitting in the Re- sauna two hours a day. Just yeah, but obviously obviously, after that, like we, we talked on this podcast a couple of weeks ago about the fact that one of the other players had a very similar injury to him and had the surgery. It took mm. him 12 months to come back. Tiger comes back so quickly. Yeah. He clearly didn't give, in my opinion, the the, 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 the the time and the effort in the rehabilitation side of it. And I suspected a couple of weeks ago as well that there may have been sponsorship problems with that or trying yeah. to get back for the Ryder Cup he clearly didn't do what was needed in the gym to get the strength back in it and once he got out there playing competitively he just didn't have it in the back and that's of course what ended up popping or twinging or whatever occurred
0: yeah I mean but you understand what, Tigers always seem to bounce back from injury faster than other players because he's just superhuman and maybe he just thought you know this is no different but mm-hmm. um you know finally starting to see you know father time catching up with him a little yeah. bit, and yeah. Um, yeah, look, uh, I I really hope to see him back. On the plus at, side, at a really high level again.
2: On, on the plus side, though, uh, if you want to see him put some ice on his back, uh, the uh, he did the ice bucket challenge oh, with yeah. Rory and mm-hmm. uh, gets plenty of ice all over him. So
1: maybe that might help his rehabilitation. You were speaking about Father Time catching up uh, with people, and I think that might well be the case for uh, Porty Carrington, who has also lost his PGA Tour card, um, and he. Also has the ability to... He has one exemption left in the PGA Tour. He's allowed to get one more season if he wants fully exempt. And that's down to because he's in the top 50 PGA Tour all-time career earners. He's 36 at the moment with $22.5 million. But he's decided he's not going to take up that exemption next year. And instead, he's going to rely on getting a few sponsorship invites into the event and then hold out the exemption until he really needs it. But he also has honorary membership of the um, European Tour, so I think he's playing the Italian Open, which is not this week, but the weekend after.
0: Yeah, I wonder he might be able to get a couple of the co-sanctioned events on the European Tour. He'll get in, you know, he'll get onto that those. But they'll also count for his PGA Tour money. Possibly retrospectively, once he gets his, you know adds adds things together, he might be able to. But they the only ones there. are the H. The
1: WGCs really aren't they? WGCs and majors yeah. are the co-sanctioned ones. And he you won't get into any of those. You really only get into the PGA, I think. So I don't think, I don't think he can get up, pushed up with
0: any of the things. But like if it was the other way around, mm.
1: um,
0: it's a bit of look. It's a bit of a. He's taking obviously he's taking a punt on it this year. Like he'll he'll get his exemptions or yeah. he'll get invites. And then, I mean, if he, if he fails this year, surely next year is the year he has to take that one-off exemption for his tour card. Well,
1: there is an argument that he might save that until he's closer to the senior tour, and then have a good run at playing the PGA Tour to prepare for the senior tour, but I don't know, we'll have to wait and see.
2: I, I just wonder if it would actually suit him to go back to Europe and yes. actually just play, play week in, week out in Europe, be, you know, in... in I don't want to say, you know, lesser competitive, but, like, it's so hard to win over in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Like, I know I heard an interview with them a couple of months ago on Irish TV that basically said, I never care if I don't win another tournament. I only want to win majors. Because I'll never be known as a oh, three-time major yeah. winner and forty-third time, you know, mm-hmm. regular event. But I just—I'll <laughs> get him into the LPGA Hall of Fame. But I just wonder whether or not it actually would be beneficial for him to go back a step, go back onto the European yeah. Tour, and just start, you know, playing the mm-hmm. trade again, and just get some confidence back. It's—he just seems to be just lacking majorly in confidence.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a cruel thing for us to see because we're all massive yeah. fans of his. You know, he was doing all that great stuff when we were younger. You know, he's a big yeah. hero of ours. So,
1: and I, I think he will bounce back. And I think I agree with you, James. The, the, the European tour might be the way. And you've seen a lot of guys like Peter Uline who've actually and um, Brooks Kupka as well who've actually gone on to the PGA tour and been successful from the European tour. So hopefully, hopefully that works out for Harrington. Okay. Our main topic this week. Um, we got contacted on on Twitter. We kind of we mention it every week, really, that we're looking for. You know, if anyone really wants us to talk about something in particular, then we'll have a look at it. And we got contacted by Morgan Malarney, who asked us specifically that he he's interested to hear what the average time is for eighteen hole competitions um, in people's golf clubs. He's mentioning that three ball in his club is taking best part of four hours, and he said it's getting slower every year. So I thought we thought this was a quite an interesting topic, and we have a good lot of followers on Twitter, particularly who are members of golf clubs, and particularly um, a lot of golf clubs followers uh, followed us, and Barry, you actually got some very good information from some of the golf clubs in, in terms of what, how much, what's the average round time for a competition for each of these clubs.
0: Yeah, I went on a bit of a Twitter blitz, yeah. and um, yeah, I, there was a lot of clubs were very quick to come back to me, and yeah. thanks very much to them for doing that. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Um, I just kind of picked a load at random and uh, fired it out there. And you know, every every time we hear about this pace of play issue, we hear everyone going, everything should be f- sub four hours, sub four hours, sub four hours. Mm. And the question I posed was, what what is the average? Co- yeah, what's the target time for That's a three the ball? What's yeah. the guideline or the target time for a three ball in competition? And the average time from the twenty courses we got, you know, we got answers from was just over four hours, four hours and two minutes, yeah, so um it seems to kind of fly you know every people say one thing, but the reality seems to be another, and it's it it, is, it does seem like that fifteen twenty minutes slower than people have in their head that what it might be, what it ought to be, maybe
1: yeah, and I think the the point that um that Morgan is making is that well he's kind of gone god it's now taking four hours. And I think when you look at some of the golf courses that mentioned, it was like, for example, Ellen Park, which is a course that I'm quite fond of, and Alan plays Milton, which would be a similar course, and they can get around in 3.45, that's no problem. But then you have other people who contacted us, like the K Club, the two courses there is four and a half hours, Mm. um, and... Tanker
0: Woods about that as well. Yeah,
1: and Farnham Estates about four and a half hours, and uh, indeed our own course, my course in Carton House, if we played the Montgomery Four on a Saturday, four and a half hours is generally the normal, so I think it does depend on the size of your course and, and, and like things like, um, actually James you mentioned it beforehand Killeen uh, Castle is kind of mm. similar as well Yeah, Killeen has a huge amount of walkways
2: between mm. each hole which has to be taken into account yeah. in terms of the length of time it's going to take Yeah um, Yeah, look, and again I suppose th- thanks to everybody who got in contact Like, I just think that there it depends on putting an actual figure on it and saying you have to be in in this time yeah. or saying to people you know we have a target in our head of whatever it is 3 345 4 hours 430 whatever it is but that actually the conduct on the course is mm-hmm. nearly as important as yeah. the actual physical time which you know because i think if you give some people targets in their head they say oh well i was in in 4 hours 29 minutes well, yeah, but you were six holes behind the group yeah, in front yeah, yeah, yeah. and you didn't let us play through. So I think there's, there's, there's the conduct on the course is as, as
1: important as perhaps the time it should take. Yeah, one example now, and I mentioned, I played on the Amira in Carton House on Saturday. Now, it was off the back tees. It was a medals, which is stroke play, and it was very, very windy. So the round took five and a quarter hours. Now... I kind of thought, well, that's somewhat understandable because the situation's in it. But then in a very similar situation, I worked with three guys beside me who played Paris Court, same time, same weather conditions, played the same competition, strokes, off the back tees, the blue tees, and they were around in four, four and a quarter hours. Now, we had a bit of a chat about it, and I was kind of going, well, you know, the courses are very similar, the walk Mm -hmm. between the tees are very similar, and... The one thing that they identified to me is that their rough is down a lot. Now, our rough at the moment is actually, it's, it's, it, is, it isn't too punishing. but
0: It's just the off-the-fairway rough now.
1: Well, off the, well, this is what I going to say. So, off-the-fairway for about 20, 30 yards, the rough's fine. But then further than that is very, very heavy rough. It's Adios golf ball. Ball gone, yeah. Now, and I think when you have a very windy day, those areas are brought into play. Yeah. So I think that's one of the things that needs to be considered is what possibly course setup can lead to slower rounds because we all know that when we play in the winter and you're on forward tees and you're going out and you're playing, you know, the, it's placing and stuff like that, and it's not really, let's say, serious golf. Not counting, we all fly around.
0: Yeah. You just kind of you go and, and the, all the heavy rough is cut down as well. It's yeah. Well, in our place it is. So you're basically hitting to a wide open field that you know has short, short enough grass and. You're never really going to lose the golf ball, so and like you said, you just you don't really kind of uh, you're not super conscious of it. So over you, your you know your score because it doesn't really matter that much if you if you, you know if you play bad, you don't get a point one back. So like you just kind of you freewheel it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, in terms of what what do we think are. The reasons that it can go wrong, like as one of the points I made, really is that I think course setup is is something that if you set the course of really long, really difficult play strokes, well, it's going to be difficult. But do we think there are other stuff out there that, that leads to longer rounds?
0: It's it, I, I definitely think course setup has a huge impact on it. Yeah. It's very hard. I mean, of course, the weather on the day as well makes a big difference. So it's it's easy for. A, a, a club to plan to play a competition in difficult conditions, say, say it's one of the majors of the year, they want that rough, even the rough off the ferries, to be that little bit thicker just to make it difficult, you know, because it is that big major competition. And all of a sudden you get a windy day that you didn't predict, and bang, next thing you know, you've got stuck with everybody playing five hour plus mm. rounds. Yeah. And it's just, it's very difficult for clubs to, to manage this fine balance between setting yeah. up a challenging course for a competition. And Mother Nature adding her, yeah, yeah. you know, so adding her tuppence to the. We whole mentioned lot. we mentioned the core
1: setup, but do we think there's anything else in particular that that needs to be focused? Like the one thing I always worry about is, do we have? General lack of education about how people should 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 play around the course. Oh, absolutely, and and I think it doesn't
2: matter how many leaflets seem to be put out or how many signs go up on the notice board in golf clubs because every golf club has it that says, "Oh, avoid so play, do the following." You know, do this, do that. You walk onto the first team, people are oblivious to it. Mm. Uh, I'm amazed at the times of uh, up and Glen at the downs when I'm playing that just the basic things like calling it. Group through. If you got, you know, if guy, especially in a strokes competition, if it's, if it's gone really badly and you hit one ball and it's gone into the long stuff and then they hit a provisional and it's gone into the long stuff as well and then they hit the third one and it's in the fairway. They have, in fairness, they, you know, there's no problem. They have five minutes for the first one, they have five minutes for the second one. But They're wandering around. You know, they've got 10 minutes to look for it. Say to the guys, you know, play your tee shots up, you know, do something Mm. to keep the course moving. And I I think, you know, I don't know how many times, you know, even when people go on to look for a golf ball, how many actual people set the clock and say, OK, it's now 20 past 12. This five minutes here, the they just time, wander
0: up and down. The only time I've ever seen a clock set was in a match play situation when it was you know, a serious, serious <laughs> thing. Yeah, but like, unlike like you said, James, they do wander up and down. And so, one thing we see, and I'm sure everyone sees everywhere, is when players use that five minutes to go get their ball, they never seem to make an effort to try catch that five minutes up. Yeah, so they don't walk faster between their shots. They're not, you know, they're not doing everything in their power to try catch up to the group in front and make up that five minutes, which you are supposed to. Yeah, well, I, I personally think one of the other big problems
2: when we get, come to slow play or, or the pace of play is the, the the attitude people take when you bring it up. You know, if I'm playing in groups where I'm not sure of the other players or whatever. I'm, I'm, you know, you don't know whether or not if you're going to say, guys, we've got to catch up. Like, Mm, you know, this, I've said it politely once. We're now really got to catch up. Yeah. You get a bit of a barking back from some people kind of go, Oh, well, it's not my fault. I didn't, you know, and they get really defensive about it. And it's, it's not that we're, you know, people are trying to do it to get at them or to try and knock them off their game. It's to keep things moving. And that I find is whenever anybody talks about you know playing and, and I'm going to I'm going to name and shame for a second just before we came on air <laughs> I made a comment about going up on the tee box and having all your gear and yeah. not not starting to stretch when you're meant to be teeing off and I said oh Barry it happened to you a couple of you know weeks ago you were stretching on the first tee and I think we were somewhat delayed teeing off <laughs> and the first thing bad. that Barry said was well no that only happened once and that's not really fair yeah. you know and it's it's that kind of attitude that I think people need to stay Go. Hold on a second. Yeah, you're right. It's for all our enjoyments, yeah. not
0: just. I'm not having a go. It's about trying to yeah. to sort this out for it's everybody. A, but it's a label that nobody wants. Which is as so as soon as anything comes in your direction that you're you might you know it might insinuate you're a slow player. Nobody wants that label. It's like it's like saying to somebody like you smell. You haven't had a shower in you know a month mm-hmm. or whatever. It's mm-hmm. you just want to get rid of that straight away. You don't want to knock it on the head and. I think I think it's it's an ego thing. Like people don't want to be labeled as a slow player or feel they're a slow player, or even think of themselves as a slow player. Even mm. if you you could probably show people video evidence that they're you know they're doing it, yeah. and they'd still deny it.
1: Yeah, I, I, but I think it's I think in terms of individual players within the amateur game, I think it's a disease that is just rampant in the game. It's only going to get worse. Like I, you know, pe- across golf clubs different players all the time I play with so many people that are just aren't ready for their shots that you know kind of go over and almost give someone a hand looking for a ball when it's obvious the ball's going to be found you know in light rough and then come over and they're taking their own, you know they're putting their glove on walking up to the marker and all this kind of stuff and it's I find it's just it's a, it's a problem that's Deep in the game.
2: Well, that's uh, what I never understand is that there could be two people on the left-hand side of the fairway, and you, you know another person on the right, and the person will walk to their golf ball on the right, leave their golf bag, and walk all the way over the other side of the fairway to go help look for the golf ball. Why don't you hit your shot first, exactly. then come over, and then we can relieve another person and say, now you go play your shot to keep things moving. It's just simple things that could actually be done
1: on the course that could help. Barry, we asked a couple of people on Twitter um, in terms of whether they actually have a a policy in place. And a few of the clubs actually mentioned that they do have
0: a policy in place. Yeah, so... um one that, one, one that I've uh, played on, let's just start with kind of the policies before the punishments. Um, Castle Knock have a great system in place. They have a little tag that each group gets, and it goes on one of the players' bags, and this tag reports back via GPS to the clubhouse to a system on their computer. So they can actually see where every group is on the computer in real time, and they can, they can identify areas on the course where there there are potential delays about to happen. And they can send out a ranger if they have one on the day, mm-hmm. you know, so they, they can, they can manage it an awful lot better than somebody who, who's just got a ranger out in the course and the ranger can only be in one place at one time, whereas they've yeah. got the overall picture. Now, look, this, this is obviously not a system that can be, um, implemented in every course because it costs money. And there are other ideas we can, we can discuss in a while. Yeah. Um, just coming back to actually
1: terms of the actual policies that, that, I know when we talked to Cork Golf Club, they said that they actually have a clear policy in play around pace of play. Um, actually, Pinehurst number Pinehurst number two got in contact with us, which is kind of cool. They uh, don't have a policy, and they they mentioned they don't mm-hmm. have one. Now,
0: I think that's because it's more of a leisure course and people spend or whatever it is. The exp- they they actually said to me in the quote, they said it's more about the experience. So they do have a target time, but they're not going to be you know draconian about it, enforcing it.
2: What I love is the fact that Cork has a minimum time. You're not you, you, you we're talking about the maximum but they're <laughs> saying no no
1: you have to at least play for 3 hours 15 minutes Well no, this
0: this is in their experience <laughs>
1: Yeah, um the and also Gala Shields were which is one of our followers, so hello to everyone in that golf club, they came out and said that they have a, a policy in place, which was good good to see as well. And Ellen Park also said that they have a policy in place and they have quite an interesting initiative um about how to deal with slow players.
0: I love this. I, I you know, I think it was tongue in cheek, but yes. I wish they could enforce it. They said their target time is three hours forty five minutes. And, um, when asked, you know, what, what happens to anybody who's, you know, who misses that target time, they said they don't get served in the bar afterwards, <laughs> yeah. which I think is just brilliant. I mean, I'd, I'd love to know if they actually kind of pull that off on anybody or, yeah. you know, just you know, maybe it's somebody's first time there and yeah. they, they actually go for it. I tell you, one of the things that I actually I took a, pay, a picture, cause I knew we were talking about this is on, on, again,
1: on, in, in our course in Carton House on both tees and the first of all, they actually have a, I suppose a, a guideline set out and it's called Pace of Play the Carton Way so I'll run through this very quickly and this is really they ask on the first tee that everyone adheres to this so tee times please ensure that you arrive at the first tee at least five minutes before your lot of tee time which actually makes a bit of sense uh, keep up you're placing the golf courses immediately behind the players in front and not in front of the players behind which goes back to your point James that people need to, that's one the thing they need to focus on is get up behind the people in front of you because then you're you're fine you're not behind uh use your rear view mirrors again if your group is constantly holding up a group behind move on smartly or let them through speak up which again i think this is very important if your group is falling behind a special effort needs to be made to catch up it is everybody's duty in the group to speak up so like your point james people shouldn't feel defensive about it they should say listen guys as a group we're a hole behind. Let's get going. As you say, a hole later, if there's no improvement, go, listen, guys, we really need to go. And it's a case of you're out of the hole, pick the ball up and just run on to the next tee and hit your shot or, or do something to, mm. to, to speed up. Um, if there's a possibility of your ball being lost or out of bounds, immediately play a provisional. After five minutes looking for a lost ball and the rules of the golf ball is lost, once you commence searching, start the clock. Again, we mentioned this, all various obvious stuff that people don't stick to stick to. Um, when you arrive at a green and uh, place your golf bag on the way to the next tee, obvious enough. Again, move on. Don't practice miss putts while others are waiting. I'd be I'd be firing my shot down if I saw someone practicing in, practicing in front of me. You know, like, hey, get off the green. I just go. No, I know it wouldn't. Yeah, hit they, them, obviously. Well, yeah. If they're standing by the flag, it would be yeah. all right. Be stayed, be <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um When it's your turn, and this is one of my massive bugbears. When it's your turn, have a club selected in your hand or be ready to put. Read your putt while you wait for your turn. And again, that is something that is not
0: adhered to at all. I, I think in amateur golf, that is the biggest single con- contribution to to pace of play or rounds being slow is people not going through their, their thought process or their shot selection process or their readiness process for their shot when the other guys are playing. it. It almost seems like people stand there, watch the other guy, they watch his ball get hit. You go, oh, that's great! You know, and the ball lands, and they go, okay, right, time for my shot. And On the glove. Then they start going glove, club, GPS. You know, throw the grass in the air to check the wind. This could all be done yeah. you while know, the other person is yeah. hitting their shot. Well, I think, I think that's absolutely. And moreover,
2: it's not like where you watch the pros; they're all within a very small space within each other. You know, three three balls within a maybe two or three club lengths. Yeah, w- one can be far left, one can be far right, and one can be down the middle. You're, 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 getting your club out of the bag is not going to make such a noise yeah. that the guy at the far oh, left from yeah. the far right is going to hear it. Yeah, it's not going to be yeah, like Yeah, like it's, you know, so I do think that that is, and it, it, it's a huge problem that we mm. have is that people don't get prepared, especially around the greens, having a look at the putts from whatever side they want when the other guys are putting, you know, and, yeah, and right. getting ready. So when, when the whole ball is in the hole, you're pretty much at the last bit of mm. taking the marker away, your practice putt.
0: And move on. And that's that that will speed it up hugely. Yeah, you may have one final look from a side that you couldn't access while the other guys were were putting, but it's it's certainly the preparation in the background, I think if you know, this this is the one thing if I if I had control of a golf club for a day, that would be the one thing I would focus on the most in educating golfers in that club about speeding up play would be the you know, to to be completely distracted and in the middle of my point. Uh, I've lost it. I've lost it now. No, that would be sorry. You, you, you want to be a manager of a golf club for a day? No. Well, yeah, enough, <laughs> yeah, maybe an hour or two because it seems like a tough job. But you know, preparation for shots. You know, when mm. when you can, you know, be be there ready to go. Then you can have your forty five seconds to take your shot, which which by the rules of golf, or by PGA Tour guidelines you're allowed.
1: But again, that's still a long time. Yeah, but, yeah, I think forty five seconds is way too long. I mean, 30,
0: thirty seconds is usually.
1: Yeah, well, I think fine. fifteen, twenty is plenty. Because if you're playing with someone who takes forty-five seconds for every shot, and you take fifteen or twenty, let's say call it fifteen seconds, that's thirty seconds added yeah. to every shot that they play. And if you call that, that's whatever you call it, seventy, seventy shots, that's a lot of time added on. So I even think the forty-five seconds guideline is a, is is a very poor guideline, and it's something that they don't even adhere to on the PJ tour. But I think no. for amateurs, it should be. As I think was you mentioned, James. I have my club. I have my club. Grant There's the thing. Stand up. Maybe one practice swing. Bank hit. It. That's fifteen twenty six.
0: Yeah. Well, I think maybe. maybe well, I was kind of in my head. I was talking about tee shots. You know, it do, it, tee shots do take that a little bit longer. But you know, but they shouldn't stop. I don't sh- think they should.
1: You know, again, if you're first up, it's a fair way You hit it. If it's if it's a par three, you've come to it. If you're first to hit, you're up early on the par. You get the club. You know the green. You got ground. And have the wind. Grand, it might take 30 seconds of your first up, but it shouldn't take. I don't think it should take 45 seconds. I I think one of the interesting points and, and what is elicited in that
2: conversation is the fact that we ain't pros. You yeah. know, it, it's like pick your club, like, we're not going, oh where the, oh, the flag is back left just over the hump that's an extra three yards I might have to you know you just get up and hit a club if you get it on the green woohoo fantastic yeah. you know but I think sometimes we get to a point especially if you're having a half decent round and you get to kind of the 13th 14th hole well, it then slows down even more. You know, now all of a sudden you want to have fifteen looks at every putt because yeah, yeah. you're on a decent you might even make, you know, thirty six points this week. Yeah. You know, this is the <laughs> this is the problem. That's not gonna happen. You know, for me like this that's year. you just have to kind of play at a pace. And and I do think that, you know, again it goes back to people being defensive. It's about being able to say to somebody, Would you cop yourself on? You're not on that good a, a score, you know. You're miles away from thirty six points
1: anyway. So just take a club, hit it,
2: and let's keep moving
1: because we're way behind. In terms of um, solutions, the you mentioned the Castlenock idea. In terms of,
0: um, mm. the, the, that, that's a policy there, which is great. Like it, it happens yeah. all the time. Open play competitions works, and yeah. they get and they, they start to get an idea about who might be the offenders that are causing consistent problems on the course.
1: But it also means if somebody receives a complaint to you and say, well, listen, you know, we've received you a complaint, you think it's fair, and they go, no, I don't think it's fair. And you go, okay, Graham, well, we're going to monitor your time to the next 10 competitions. Yeah,
0: or we have evidence to suggest otherwise. Yeah,
1: or actually, yeah, you don't say anything. You just put them on a monitoring. You tell people that if we receive a complaint about you, we're going to put you on a monitoring mm. over the next 10 things, and then you have a case to take. Well, them.
2: Well, I was in a group and there was a complaint put in about us, about the group that I was in, and when I went into the clubhouse, I got told by the pro. Was this a couple of years uh, ago? or uh, No, not that long ago. And I got told that actually the complaint had come from the group behind. And I said, really, geez, I didn't think we were that. I didn't think we were slow. We may yeah. have been. And the guy behind the, the, the in the pro shop actually said to me, you came in in three hours, 52 minutes. You're, you're within the time. Yeah. But it was perceived from the group behind that we were slow. And it was interesting because I was able to have the time in my head. And
1: Glenn the Downs, the target, uh, as per Barry's survey is three, three hours, 50 minutes. Yeah. The one thing final, before we move on, look ahead to next week is the one thing I, I always bang on about as I say I bore everyone at Carton House and is I think that we should bring in a policy with the AGM that you, uh, you get buy-in from the whole AGM, the club, men's club and say everyone fills in their start time and end time. So when you're marking somebody's card, you fill it in and, that way, then, over maybe two to three or four months, you have a database of how long it's taken everyone to play, and you just, you get an average of who 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 is taking longer and who isn't, and then from then you can start to maybe look at your policy or decide do is there a, is there a
0: problem or do we need to approach people? I think just to kind of wrap up on this, I think the um, the the overall problem I saw was the RNA have guidelines and um, the problem is their guidelines are not rules because so many factors affect pace of play the RNA don't seem to commit any set definitive things this is what you should do this is what you shouldn't do and um, everything is kind of high level and not specific and um, this was kind of, this was brought to our attention by actually a couple of our twitter followers we were engaging with on the weekend so it's Siobhan Carnesore Boxer and Kevin Markham and um, they're giving some good feedback and um, I, I think the RNA and over in the States as well, the USPGA need to set down a bit more stringent, just actual rules and rather than just kind of high level guidelines about the whole issue. Well, my, my, my final point on it is I, I agree
2: with you, Bobby. Time that you start, time you finish, and it should go out on the results page. It should be Bobby Donnelly, Great played idea. off six, 36 points, three hours, 45 minutes. You know, and then you can see, and I think that once you've kind of and again, I don't mean to say it in this way, but if you name and shame people who are taking five hours, they'll p- pick it up and yeah. they'll start, you know, having to pick up the pace of play. Mm. And it's not about making people, because there is, you have to also point out that it is meant to be an enjoyable experience and we're not expecting people to run around the course, mm. but it has to be enjoyable within a, a certain pace. But having the information like that over four months or five months or six yeah. months gives every individual club Regardless of what the RNA or anybody else says, it gives the club specifically information that they can then use about yeah. tailoring their policy for their clubs yeah. and their members.
1: Yeah, and I, I, the overall starting question that Morgan Mulroney got onto us here is that you wanted to know, well, do you know what's taking the best part of four hours? And depending on your course, to answer your question, Morgan, I don't think four hours is the end of the world, but it depends on... Uh, the competition you're playing on how long the course is um, and we have a database of some of the times that we've taken up from this and we might put it up on twitter barry maybe just we'll put up some of the times that people got back and give us a guideline yeah so, we'll
0: just put the list of times maybe not by by course well i mean I, I guess we could do that i mean if any if anybody any of our listeners actually have any feedback or stuff they do in their courses we, we'd be yeah. we'd love to hear it and just see any unique ideas i think we hear the same ideas time and time again, and I think it, it might need something, some unique angle on it for people to actually pay attention to it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. Uh, so listen, Morgan and everyone else that listen, hope you uh, found that useful. Um, looking ahead to next week, and I'm starting to get excited again. My post-major blues have uh, gone away, and <laughs> uh, I'm getting excited again because the FedEx Cup, and this is where it really, really starts to get exciting, and we have a great field this week. Um the I mean obviously Rory's coming back. We have all the actually pretty much all the big boys. Obviously um, top one twenty five and yeah. and the PGA Tour. And this is where all the money starts to be made. So all the all the guys guys turn up, and I'm really looking forward to this one. It's on in Ridgewood, uh, Ridgewood Country Club. Country Club, yeah. Country Club. Yeah, I wasn't what CC stood for there for a second. So uh, Ridgewood it's Country a, Club. Yeah, I'm not an
0: email term. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and the field is great, Barry. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's the top, the top, top guys, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> a major. We, we, we by could end go of the very, Yeah, it, it is just like a major. Yeah. Perfect. I, we, I could read down through the top twenty, but I mean, it's all, all the usual suspects are there, bar injuries. Um, so it's going to be a cracking tournament. Yeah. This is um back to Ridgewood now. This is a, it's a three course golf club, so they actually picked the best, the toughest eighteen holes as so a composite of these courses to to make a really tough event. Cool. So um, it's going to be a par seventy-one, measuring seven thousand three hundred yards, and it uh, seems it's going to be a bit of a test for the guys.
1: Yeah, and anyone you have, a, anyone you have a fancy for?
0: I think Sergio is going to go well. I saw a few people mention him. I, yeah,
1: I think I'm going to have a little bet on Hunter Mahan, who in the last two events he's played has led the field in greens and regulation, and. I think he, He's still sneaking under the
0: radar, isn't
1: he? And I think he shot a 62 in this event uh, in a previous year. So oh, nice. I'm going to a little bet in him. And I think he's a good guy to win decent events, but not the majors. Like I think he probably has, I hope Hunter isn't listening, but I think he has a slight bit of a choke problem. So, um, <laughs> we so, just lost a uh, Twitter follower yeah, right here. <laughs> H uh, at, at, uh, Mahan <laughs> has just unfollowed us. So, um, yeah, I think, um, he's, I think he... 45 to 1. Yeah, I think it's decent odds, yeah, you know, so, uh, that's one I'm going to look at. In terms of the European Tour, and another new event, uh, the first year of the Czech Masters, either the D&D Real or the D&D Real Czech
0: Masters in Albatross Golf Resort, what a great name for a golf resort. That's brilliant, yeah, and they've really kind of embraced that Albatross name this week, um... They have a prize on hole one for anybody who has an albatross, which is a a trip around the world. So yeah. high, highly unlikely, but you never know. They have a whole host of other great prizes. Which one of the uh, one of the tour caddies took a took a uh, picture of it and put it up on Twitter. So I'll post that up to Twitter later on. you can yeah. see all, all the great prizes they have. But this is kind of the penultimate event for um, European Tour Ryder Cup, or sorry, European Team Ryder Cup qualification. So there's quite a few big names at the event. Um Jamie Donaldson, Joost Loughton Danny Willis, Stephen Gallagher—your favourite Scotsman. Yeah. Um Oliver Fisher, Simon Dyson's—you know, Bernd- Burns, Burns, is there as well. Who had a good PGA Championship. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think for Loughton, uh Donaldson is is
1: is in, so I, he's probably not concerned. This is probably more a PR exercise for him to be up there and, and show his attendance. But for Lauten and Gallagher, really, I think they need to win this event to still give them a chance a chance of getting in amazingly through the world points list. Mm.
0: Uh,
1: so that'll be a good one to watch. And as you say, there's a lot of very good good players playing. The uh, course looks
0: great, actually. I think yeah. this will be. I'm really looking forward to seeing this on TV, especially you know with the name of Albatross, it's got to be yeah. good. Yeah, so listen, a lot of very good uh, golf to look forward to the weekend.
1: As I said, we've already given the rules-related question. Uh, Barry, you still leading 2016, so uh, easy. It's uh, kind of
0: boring or drawing every week now.
1: Yeah, we need, maybe we might start ramping up the points, make it double points then going forward. <laughs>
0: Oh, okay. make the that
1: questions a bit harder Bob Yeah, I was actually thinking that was a bit easy that one with this week alright yeah but uh, no I'm joking about the double points a bit unfair yeah, to, to give it four points for every uh, every question going forward <laughs> after whole, the whole whole year maybe, maybe a bonus point wait. if they
0: know what the how, rule itself is how, how about we think about doing something like the FedEx Cup we do a points reset going into the FedEx Cup so we could do some sort of points reset yeah. between the two of us let's, well, let's have a think about it we'll decide now this week before next week and yeah.
1: yeah well I'm, it's still a long way to go he's only four behind as so. well and he's back next week as well, so you
0: might be clever
1: next week. <laughs> um, oh, Drinking drink nerve tonic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, great. Well, isn't that wraps us up for uh, this week? And that just leaves me really to take. Uh, thank you for everyone for listening. Goodbye, and we'll talk to you all next week. Bye, bye yeah.
0: Well, you Bye bye.